podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. I sell blue Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Lisa Rabinovitz in the chair for Nigel Rothband. With me to discuss, amongst other things, 10 goals scored, non-conceded and, more importantly, no sendings off. I have two guests, Paul Denby. Hello, everybody. And Steve Cox. Hello. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Bet £5, get £20. If you deposit £5, Ladbrokes will add another £20 to your account. You can get this offer by following the link at bet.citypodcast.net. So, we're sitting top of the league, alphabetically, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll gloss over that. We're top of the league. Um, we've made a perfect start to Champions League, so no complaints. Should we just end the show now and go home? We could do. Yeah. We're the same as we did about this time last season, I think, yeah. where we went on a 10-match unbeaten run, 10-match winning streak, and ended up with nothing at the end of the season. But... I do feel more optimistic this time around. I can see that we're playing the football that I like to see. I think all City supporters do. The point we did, the points we did drop against Everton were probably due to Walker sending off. That's life. You've got to get on with it. We could have beaten them, should have beaten them. But the football we're playing at the moment is absolutely amazing and a joy to watch. Long may it last. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably one of the best City performances I've seen in my lifetime, I would say, easily. Um, they played Watford off the park. It was nice to see Aguero and Jesus combi- combining up front. I enjoyed seeing Jesus leave Jan Matt to go sliding off into the advertising hoardings when he tried to take him out. That was fun as well. Um, but uh, six really nice goals. And uh, we can leave the, the fact that they thought there might have been a couple offside out of it because the other four yeah. certainly sealed the deal, didn't they, really? So. Yeah, and, and we'll we'll come back to Watford in a minute. But firstly, the Champions League, start to the Champions League, Feyenoord away, 4-0... You can't ask for more, can you? I mean, Feyenoord, yeah, they're all right. They're not a top uh, side that they were when they won the old European Cup a number of years back, and it was 1970. Um, but there again, City just played them off the park again. We played some crisp passing football, and I don't mind who we would have played that night. We would have given Real Madrid away a very good game. We, of course, we wouldn't have won 4-0, but we would have given them a good game. Same if we played uh, you know, any of the top teams. I think that if we can continue in this level of form, which is a big if, um, we, can, we, we can go as far as we really want to go this season. It's a, it's a big if because players' w- form will dip. Not everything will necessarily go our way in, in every single match. Not that it has done. We've had our fair share of luck, but we've had it go against us as well with our, the sendings off we've suffered. So I think um, we've got to just hope that we can continue it. You know, you know, it'll be typical City. The, the old City would have been looking at playing Crystal Palace next week. I know we've got uh, West Brom. We'll talk about that in the next podcast. Um, but I, I know that the old City would have looked at Crystal Palace. Not, not got a point. Not scored a goal in five games. They're going to beat us 1-0, aren't they? I don't feel that way at all. I yeah. just feel that we, we can go away and yeah. do what we need to do. I, I think it was, um, you know, the... the f- Feyenoord match I think it felt a little bit like people were dismissing it as a a, well of course City were going to win that easily because of of the standard of the opposition but let's not forget that United lost their last season 1-0 so Feyenoord hadn't lost a game this season up until that point and 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 actually to be fair I think we 
we actually let them off a bit lightly in the second half because um, we could have easily turned the screw on them and really forced it home. But to be fair, we didn't. We we kind of we were teasing them a little bit in the second half. We're just keeping the ball and making them come running at us to try and retrieve the ball back. And then we just move it sideways, move it side. And it, we didn't look as though we wanted to kill them sort of seven or eight nil. We probably could have done if we did really wanted to. But you know we were quite comfortable at four nil. So why why push it out? You know why why risk injury? Why you know that, that that's what I was thinking. We were three nil up at half time, and I said while I was watching the game, I said uh, we should really take it easy in the second half. No need to go and thrash them. 3-0 or 4-0, as it turned out, was sufficient. We don't need to go and score lots of goals. Let's take it easy, not push ourselves. So we're not rested, but prepared for the Watford game, which was only three days on. So I think that was the right approach. And I think they did certainly back off in the second half because you're, you're right, it could have been had we really turned the screw similar to the Watford game that followed three mm. days later. I think the goal difference matters a lot more in the Premier League, so it's not it isn't worth expending that energy if you're three 0 up at half time in the Champions League away from home. It's, um, but for that match, um, Guardioli only made one change from the Liverpool game. He brought in um, Bernardo Silva and Danilo um, went onto the bench. Any did you expect there to be more changes, or were you happy with him taking that approach? I was pleased that Bernardo Silva got a, a full game. He came on from the start at least. Um, yeah, I, I want to see a bit more of Sane. I feel a bit sorry for him at the moment. I don't know what other people think about that. But I feel, how do you accommodate a Sane in that team? That's the, that's the issue at the moment. Because you can't drop Aguero or Jesus at the moment. You've got De Bruyne playing out of, out of his skin. Uh, you've got David Silva just doing what David Silva's done for us for years. Uh, and then you've got Fernandinho at the back. So you've got to then look at, do you play one of the others, Sterling or... Sane or Bernardo Silva and it's really difficult and we've got a, a strong squad that's the beauty of it, it it's a, it's fantastic I think, I think Sane's got to be patient um, I think that Pep seems to like using his pace when we've actually broken a team and, and that then puts them in peril of really getting the thumping and bringing Sane on at sort of 60 minutes or so you know you look at that and you think geez that that's like a real speedster coming on who can really do some damage so yeah I, th- I wasn't expecting Pep to make too many changes at this point in the season a lot of the players are still really quite fresh and um, you know Jesus for example has played pretty much every game and Pep said he's, he's probably going to because he's got that youthful enthusiasm and he's got that buzz about him and the athleticism to actually cope with it so I see probably a Aguero being the one that might take the odd rest here and there as opposed to, to, to Jesus and then, then that gives us other combinations up front potentially We might call it a rest but the papers will call it he's being dropped obviously but um, yes I can see that happening in the, yeah. in the coming weeks but um, another plus point I thought I mean apart from the overall performance is Stones um, yeah, very solid. I mean, it just speaks for itself. The fact that we've not conceded a goal. They had a couple of chances. Final would have a couple of half chances. Watford had maybe a couple more than half chances. They had a header in the first half that the guy put wide from a free kick and one in the second half where he headed it round the post. But they didn't really get a lot. I don't, I don't think um, Edison had much to do, but they did have a couple of half chances. But Stones had a good game. I, I thought he was reliable he i saw him once just clear the ball out of the way just to get rid which is something you want to see him do occasionally and the rest of the time yeah sometimes we're playing football near the goal that um had my heart racing a little bit we were already four nil up so it shouldn't really but i think why do we need to do that i, I do get a bit agitated i think i think he, he's maturing and i think the defense yeah. is maturing as well with him and i think that um it seems that 
the defence gaining some confidence from Edison in goal because, you know, unlike the Bravo situation last year where anybody running towards goal, we assumed naturally that it was probably going to end up in the net. With Edison, do you know what? He made a couple of good saves over the last week or so. He's shown that he's brave. He's not perturbed by anything. And actually, his foot control is amazing for a goalkeeper. He doesn't seem to get rushed or harried or anything like that. He knows what he wants to do and he just does it. Good goalkeeping, I think. Yeah, it was good to see him play that match. I think a lot of people expected he might not, but there he was with his face protector on. And there was a head guard again, wasn't there? Yeah. Was sort, of, sort of protecting his whole head, whereas it was his cheek that took the, the battering the week before. Yeah. But I'm sure the doctors sorted out what he needed. Okay, so no negatives from that performance then. I can't. I'm struggling to think of many negatives. I can't. I can't. And as a city Great. fan, I ought to be able to find negatives, but I can't find any negatives. No, it's a very no. uncomfortable position as, as Manchester City fans. Yeah, I mean, you used to go to to matches, and even while we've been successful over the last few years, and you'd you'd be able to pull an odd player out here or there. That said they just performed, their performance was weaker, but. I couldn't see it. I mean, some people will always have their favourite player to criticise, but I don't. And I know certain people would criticise some players for a weaker performance than the others, but I couldn't see that. You have to be really clutching at straws if, to find If, if some... you were being really picky, you could say that Otamendi doesn't always seem at the same standard as some of the other players, but even he's been having good games and he looks a lot better, a lot more scored. comfortable. Yeah, absolutely, and a lot more comfortable. Yeah. Um, behind you know that midfield and with the goalkeeper behind him and and like you say in the game on Saturday he actually scored at last as well mm. yeah okay well let's discuss Watford in a bit more detail but before that let's take a quick break the Man City show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks welcome back Watford 6-0 they were unbeaten before we went there. And had they beaten us on Saturday, they'd have gone top of the table as well. So, As, um, as we were told on Twitter and by all sorts of people, and yeah. they were saying that you know that they were going to thrash us. I think someone, Watford fan, said we might lose 8-0 at the weekend, I think. 8-0? Um, yeah, I think that's what he was tweeting. I, I don't know whether it was ironic or whether he was just being facetious or what. Or he was on drugs or something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think one of them posted the result from last year, the 5 0, tweeted that and said, oh, it couldn't, couldn't be worse than this. Ah, yes, it can. Yeah, when, when it got up to sort of 4 0, I said, this is going to at least equal last year's score. And last year, they were a team in utter decline because the manager was on his way. It was the last match of the season. We needed to win to guarantee our Champions League place, and we were already cruising by half time. Uh, and 5 0 was. It was a demolition last year, and I thought, no way will we do it before the game on Saturday. No way I thought we could go there and win the same sort of score. I would have been very happy with a sort of 2-0. Uh, but 6-0, we, we just absolutely, uh, as you said, Steve, I've not seen City play that well for a number of years. Uh, and we, we annihilated them. And 6-0 was probably a fair reflection. Yeah, a couple of goals. One goal was possibly outside the other one. You'd have to be very, very harsh. And... They maybe, and I say maybe, had a claim for a penalty. Walker was a bit clumsy when he went in for that challenge. But it didn't matter. We just absolutely cruised past them. Yeah, I think even if they'd have scored, I always knew that we had more in the locker. And we were trying for a seventh at the end as well. So it wasn't like we, we gave them a let up. And I, I tried to look for some negatives, as in I tried to look for were Watford playing badly. Actually, do you know what? They weren't. They didn't really do anything wrong. The problem they had was they couldn't get the ball and when they did get the ball they coughed it up 
not easily, but we went back and, and won it. And they just struggled to get out of their half. I think I, I can count on my hand, you know, the number of times they actually got into our half in that game. Um, very, very few and far between. And, and I don't think, other than the couple of opportunities that you mentioned earlier with the, the headers, I don't think there was any real serious threat on the goal, whereas we could have probably had another four or five. But there's been other matches where we've had a lot of possession and created a lot of chances and really still struggled. And often it's because of the, the setup of the opposition, which yeah. Watford didn't really set, set up like that quite so much. But is the difference now that it's actually finally clicking? We're, we're playing the way Guardiola wants to play. We're moving the ball. I think that when we look good are the times when we move the ball quickly. And on Saturday, we moved the ball quickly. We won the ball back quickly when we lost it. And we moved the ball quickly and we created attacking opportunities by that. The, the vision of some of those players, Silver, De Bruyne, the other Silver, Sterling, they're, they're actually starting to see a lot of things. Now, that Aguero goal was probably as good as many I've ever I've, I've seen. Where he, you know, he shouldn't be allowed to dribble it through like that, but he, he just seems to have this little engine and he just kept going. Yeah, I think we're taking our chances. Certainly, the last three yeah. games, mm-hmm. it's clear that we're, we're just when we create the chances. I think we had ten shots on goal on Saturday and scored six of them. That's a high ratio. Normally, you'd expect to score a lower percentage of them. The other thing is that I think playing Aguero and Jesus both together puts fear into the opposition they can't mark both of them as tightly as they could just mark an Aguero or a Jesus therefore they get split the gaps up here in the defense they're not sure where to go Aguero's header against Watford the very the first goal was a classic in a way he just left his defender and a split second had gone and the first the goal that he scored in midweek against Feyenoord as well where he dummied the defender uh, and went to the front post and, and hooked it in as well uh, so the defenders don't know how to play a two-pronged attack as well because they're now used to playing one man up front uh, against uh, an opposition. So that, I think, is also creating more problems for them. But I think we play a bit like a... It's like a bunch of hornets coming at you as well. I think that's the, for want of an expression. Um, I think that the problem they have is it's not just Aguero and Jesus. They need to keep an eye on. You've got Silva's movement. You've got De Bruyne's movement. The players are just interchanging. They're moving about the park. And then straight away, you've got Walker or Mendy overlapping and, and creating a cross, you know, and the, the pace that they actually put on some of those crosses. And they're in exactly the right place to give a defence problems where you don't have to have a striker there to put the ball in the net in some cases actually just putting it there the chances are they could end up putting it into their own net yeah and I think if I can just go back to the Liverpool game the week before for a moment as well when Aguero laid it off to Jesus Mm -hmm. in that circumstance a year or so ago he might not have had another player by the side of him coming up as fast as he as he as he did and he could have taken it tried to take it around the goalkeeper and I don't know what percentage down but sometimes it wouldn't have scored. Whereas here, because it was storming down and had two players right next to each other, it was an easy layoff. So, and he did the right thing. Yeah, and it's a, a, that point about Aguero laying that off to Jesus. That again, he did something again at the weekend that I don't think we're used to seeing him do, mm. especially given that he's two goals away from equaling or beating equaling, equaling the, the record. record. Um, if he'd have not passed to Jesus and taken that chance himself it, if he'd have taken the penalty himself he'd have equaled the record so he let Sterling take the penalty and is we mentioned it on one of the previous podcasts is this a new is this a, an, another change in Aguero a, a really obviously a really good one that, that that has come about from Guardiola asking him to just do things a bit differently I think so I've noticed a change particularly this season not so much last season but certainly this season 
he beca- he's become a little bit more of a team player. He'll pass the ball a bit sooner than perhaps he used to. I thought he used to try to do too many things sometimes, but I'm not criticising him because you can't criticise Aguero really. It's just superb. Uh, but one minor question was that sometimes he did try and do a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah, I think I would echo that. Um, it, it, you know, St- when Sterling took the penalty, I was thinking, God, having made a fuss about this, I really hope that you kind of bury that. But boy, did he bury that penalty! Yeah. And there were there were six good goals. They weren't six scruffy goals. They weren't six goals that you could say were really contentious in some way, shape, or form. You know, with the exception of Jesus probably being offside for his goal, he was sort of on the borderline. You couldn't really argue against them. No. Agreed. And obviously it's an excellent performance and I haven't seen us play like that maybe even ever. But it it was great to watch. But is it easy or difficult, this question? Was there anyone who really stood out? I saw in some match reports Aguero was given a 10 out of 10. So you can't get better than that. So if, if you're asking questions, there were two players that stood out for me, De Bruyne and Aguero. And if I had to say, because he scored a hat-trick, because, he, because of what he did in the game, it has to be... If you had to give it to somebody, I would give it to Aguero. But they all played well. Yeah, tough. It was a consummate team performance. Every, every single player had their input into that performance. I can't see that anybody sort of slacked off at mm. all. And even the players that were substituted, they weren't substituted from a performance perspective. Mm. It was purely just to add another dimension to it. And give those players a rest as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, think I just found it, and this is not a criticism of Sterling's performance at all. I think one pundit allegedly said that he was overshadowing De Bruyne, but I didn't quite believe that they would say that that because to me De Bruyne was a bit on another planet on on Saturday so. Sterling had a very good game yeah. but on occasions he lost the ball as well I mean he had a good game I yeah, think it, it was exceptional I thought he had a good game yeah. we've been critical of De Bruyne being on and off in in you know sort of like recent history but the upshot of it was the last three or four games he's actually been bang on the money for every game and it's it's almost since he's moved slightly further back mm. and not trying to strike the ball each time. He's actually doing what he does really well, which is passing the you know, making making those through balls. Even Fernandinho making through you know, di- dissecting defences with through balls from defensive midfield position. Never seen that. Yeah, and what the one player we haven't mentioned so far, and it was great to see him back was Gundogan coming yes. back on. You know, he, he got twenty minutes or whatever it was. And it's great to see because he, he got into the game more or straight away, put a couple of beautiful passes through and shows what we have been missing. I'm not saying we can't play 12 men, but he'll get, I'm hoping he'll get a game on uh, this week and, and at least the, the whatever cup it's called, the League Cup, I'll still refer to it as. Um, yeah. But it, is, uh, it was great to see him back. And he, he plays with a smile on his face, doesn't he, that yeah. guy? Seriously. Uh, Always happy. You, you must have read my notes because it was the next thing I oh. was going to mention. Um, but... It's great to be able to bring him on in a situation like that as well, um, when you're you've won the game essentially, and just get some get some match time in in yeah. him. And it's... my surprise was he didn't come on against Feyenoord. He was on the bench, and it was a similar situation. Yeah. Four 0 up. Why didn't they give him a run out for fifteen twenty minutes? But maybe he wasn't quite there yet. They were also kicking us around a bit, so maybe, yeah. he probably didn't want to risk that. That's what? what I thought at the time that maybe that was a reason. I, th- I think but... you're right. There was a, there was a spate at the beginning of the second half where they put in three or four quite nasty um, challenges, and um, they were probably quite lucky to have. I, I did say to my son at the time they'd be lucky to have eleven players on the pitch at the end of this game. The way they're going at the minute. Yeah. Okay. So n- no negatives, which is maybe I don't probably not, but maybe it's the first of me being on a podcast and there being no negatives. I can't. 
No? I can't no? recall a podcast Excellent. where everything's been positive, so we'll have to find a negative, but okay. can't. Well, maybe we can find one in um, the trip we've got coming up to West Brom in the EFL Cup on Wednesday. Uh, another away tie in a cup. Um, yeah. Um, it depends what team he plays. Um, I'm really not sure, because it's got to give some of the... The, the play he's got to play Sane he's got to play Bernardo Silva those that don't start in the, the, the matches he should be giving I'd even give Mangala a run out as well I mean and you've got to maybe put Bravo in goal you've got to give these players some game time and put a couple of the youngsters in who really have proven their capability Foden's got to give, be given a run out as long as these guys are fit enough and yeah, ready I to play why not I, yeah they and, and they're not going to get fit if they don't get the matches I can't see that West Brom are going to put out a particularly strong side because they their main focus this year has got to be in achieving some decent sort of run in the league really so I can't see them really pushing the boat out too much so I think yeah we'd we, we'd be good to go with a bit of um, experience maybe Yaya Torre might get a run out although um, don't know what's going on with him no idea sporting reasons which I'm not I sure don't know what, that what that means, means. No. does that mean he's come back a little bit too much overweight I don't know. I was trying to. I think we've all tried to interpret it, but not sure what it means. No, no, no. idea. Maybe it's better they keep it between themselves and don't put it in the public eye and just sort it out and get on with it. Yes. Could it would be good to have him available though? Because this probably would be a good match to play him. Because yeah. I'm sure he will make changes. And I think Bravo is probably the the really obvious one. But and he has to make some changes because Mendy and Walker cannot be playing every single match, and there's no, no. real replacement for them. But. Um, to, to, to make too many changes is that no. not even if we think West Brom aren't going to put out a strong side is it not still a bit of a surely we want to keep going we don't want to go out of the cup in the first round we still want the momentum I think and so I think there'll probably be a core nucleus of players that Pep thinks are, are, are still got the fight the aggression they've got the fitness etc and then try and integrate some of those other fringe players in, in with that and so at least then they can pick up the system and get used to the system and it probably won't be as fluid a performance as we had at, at the weekend probably for those very reasons but um, yeah we do, at some point or other these players are going to need some kind of a rest uh, and the other player of course is, is Vinny going to play this this uh, week not, or is he not quite ready quite, for it is, is he going to be ready yet. hopefully mm. for the weekend or yeah, come back then. But uh, I do like the four at the back, not not the sort of three. Uh, I do prefer it. I've, since we've switched to it, we've been murdering teams. I, th- I think Vinny's got to seriously think about whether he wants to continue playing international football or not now to prolong his career a little bit. Because every time he comes back from Belgium, he seems to be injured. Bless him. But it's very difficult in a World Cup year of course to, it is. Of course to it expect is. him not to. Yeah. And so. this is his final chance, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it to, is. Yeah, to be with Belgium, so you wouldn't be surprised if he wants to stay there. No, I, I quite agree. You know. Yeah, but it doesn't make us very happy. No. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So, predictions for West Brom? 2 0. City? Yeah. Okay. 3 1, City. 3 1. Okay. I'm going to make a prediction. 2 1, City. I never think we're going to keep a clean sheet with Bravo, and, uh, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's going to start. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much to both my guests. Thank you to Paul and to Steve. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you very much for listening. This is a Playback Media production. To get all the links to this podcast, go to citypodcast.net. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network.